Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below the video online at fellowshipgj.com or if you are a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through your fellowship profile on the Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message. Good morning, church family. Whether you're in this building or at home, we are so glad that you chose to join us today on this beautiful Sunday morning. We are gonna be worshiping our God. And in Zephaniah, it says that he will sing over you with joyful songs. And so if the God of this universe will sing over us, will sing to us, why shouldn't we? Amen. So let us worship our God with everything we have today. Let's lift our hands, lift our voices, and exalt the Holy One, the God of this universe, the Alpha and Omega, the unstoppable God. Amen.
Would you need me?
know you have in the past, but Lord, won't you meet me here again? Yes, God. Won't you meet me here again? Won't you meet me here again?
this season that we're in right now, the enemy has tried to steal and kill a lot of stuff in our life. The enemy's been after our positive attitude. The enemy's been after our finances. The enemy's been after our family. The enemy's been after our health. But let's declare today that there is a resurrection in our life, right? That by his name, we come alive, right? By his name. So if you need a resurrection in your life, whether it's just positivity, it's a good outlook, if it's finances, if it's health, like whatever that is, if you need a resurrection in your life, will you lift your hands with me? Lift your hands to the, to the one who can do it, the one whose name. Jesus, I pray right now that over every single one of us, whether online or here in this room, God, that if there's a resurrection in our life, that you are in the business of resurrections, God. And so Father, I pray that today, that, that right now, Holy Spirit, that you can fill us up. Jesus, that you can give us your presence. Father, that we can feel your heart for us. That Lord, what the enemy has tried to take in, we take back today in the name of Jesus. What the enemy has tried to stole from us and kill in our midst, Jesus, we pray that you bring your resurrection power to our life, God, right now. And Father, I pray that you prepare our hearts, you prepare our minds for what Jesus, what you want in our life. Not what the world wants, what culture wants, or what even what, what we want, God, but what you want in our life. Prepare us for that. Jesus, we don't expect anything but you. And where you are is where life is. Thank you, Jesus. In your heavenly name, amen. All right, give him another shout of praise. Come on. He is so good. He is so good. 
For those of you here um, in the auditorium, please find your seats. Thank you so much. For those of you online, thank you so much for tuning in with us. If this is your first time tuning in with us online, I love to be able to connect with you, be able to hear your story. There's a lot of volunteers on staff online right now. So comment first time in the comment stream or click the new to fellowship link um, right in the description or in the comment stream. We'd love to be able to connect with you, hear your story. For those of you that are here in our auditorium, maybe for the first time, welcome. Fellowship Church uh, just wants to welcome you and we'd love to be able to connect with you and hear your story as well. So if you stop by the information center and fill out a little card, we'd love to be able to share with you all the different ministries and things going on here at Fellowship Church. And there's a lot of really cool things coming up. We're gonna talk about that in just a little bit. But right now what we're gonna do is move into a time where we continue to worship him through our gifts um, and tithing and offering. And there's a lot of different ways to give online. It's gonna be the same as in the room right now. We're not gonna be passing the buckets, but we do have the Church Center app. It's a great way to be able to give. Um, it's also connected to your account and through all, all of our tax stuff at the end. And so the Church Center app, you can give through that. You can also text to give. Um, it's a great option. Just text your amount to 970-281-4041 and you'll be able to um, get that in there. You can always put it in the mail here at the church or drop it by throughout the week and say, hey, we love to be able to see people throughout the week as well. Um, there's something that I've been uh, just contemplating. And I think that when we have certain things in our life that we don't enjoy doing, but we have to do them, I think there, there can be a lot of, um, I don't know, I, I, like almost bondage within those things of just like, I have to do this, fine. And for the dishes, it's still that way. I'm praying, but it's not working so far. But one of the things in working out and things like that, um, running has always been one of those things of like, I should run or eat a donut. You know, it's like, there's all, there's, if you, if you decide not to run, there's, you always go to the worst possible thing for. Instead of like, instead of running, maybe I'll just get on a bike or something like that. But running for me is one of those things that I continue to just do begrudgingly. Um, but then I would get on like a, a mountain bike and that is joyous. I really enjoy mountain biking. Um, and it's one of these things that like, both are really good for you. One's a little more dangerous a little bit more, um, but it's, it's one of those things that if you do something um, it, it, just because you should, it almost holds you to it. And I, I found the same sort of thing in my finances too, of like, if I'm giving just because I should, just because the Bible says so, that's still a good thing. And it's still a good thing, um, whether you give joyously or not, but there's freedom in joy and there's bondage in should, if that makes sense at all. Because I think that if you, if you give, not just because the Bible commands you to, but if you give because you want to and you choose to, it gives birth to this freedom in your spirit and it gives birth to generosity. Now, generosity is something that across all of scripture should be a lifestyle and not just like a single choice. Um, that, that giving is, is not just connected to, to finances. Giving is, could be connected to your time, to your energy, um, and even to your family in a lot of different ways where instead of um, keeping something, you're just giving it out freely. Now, when God's talking about this and he's talking about how you need to like, you know, run away from a love of money, I think a lot of us in culture says it's all about the money, but God is all about your heart. And that's where it's out. And if you, if, you, if you give God or give to God freely, 
then you're opening up your heart to freedom and you're opening up your heart um, to where God can able, be able to do even more things. So I wanna pray for a spirit of generosity, but I also know that God's promises last. And in Philippians 4, it talks about how we have access and God gives us according to his riches. And his bank account is way bigger than ours, right? His resources are, are limitless. And I feel like he wants to give access to all of his kids, access to that to all of his kids. So if you need a financial breakthrough in any way, um, if you're feeling, like bond, or you're feeling like finances is a place of bondage where you feel tied and, and you just, whenever you think about finances, you get stressed or you get worried or their fear tries to creep in. I just wanna pray over that for you because very recently, Last night, actually, my wife and I had a discussion about the same sort of um, fear that was within me whenever I started thinking about finances and it just opened my mind up to, you know what? I'm gonna pray over our offering this morning to be something that brings joy and not bondage. So if you need a financial breakthrough, um, go ahead and lift your hand up because I am with you on this. Um, and if you're online, please pray with me as well. Jesus, I pray God that you can bless all of the different tithes and offerings that are coming in today. But Jesus, that you can bless our hearts. Lord, we give you our hearts and we trust you. And so Father, I pray that as we, as we give Jesus, that you can give us your spirit of joy and your spirit of freedom that can be connected to that. And Jesus, as you want to be in every aspect of our life, even when we're thinking about finances, Lord, I pray that this week specifically, we feel a change, a change, God, that, that we can feel your freedom, we can feel your peace. No matter what the numbers say, you say, Jesus, you, God, say that you wanna be able to bless your kids. You wanna do those things for us. And so, Father, as we trust you with our heart, we trust you with everything else. We love you in your heavenly name, amen. Right. Here's what's going on in Fellowship Church. Good morning, Fellowship Church. I wanted to share a few very exciting things that are coming up here. Last week, we announced that 4640 is having a pool party, and that is still the case. However, our time and location has changed. So our new time is Wednesday, August 5th, from 1 to 2.45 at the Fruita Rec Center pool. So if you've already registered, you do not have to re-register. We will take care of that for you. But if the new time does not work for you and your family, please let us know here at the church and make sure your student is coming to this. The Fruita Rec Center, August 5th from 1 to 2.45. It's only $5. We cannot wait to see your students there. Another class I want to mention is Life's Healing Choices. It's an amazing course from Saddleback Church where you can find freedom from things that you're walking through right now. Make sure you pick up your book and you can find that in the bookstore and you sign up on the Church Center app. Another class that we have starting August 16th on Sunday mornings is a class called Rooted. There's a small fee of $20 and that covers everything that you need for the class. There's coffee and snacks. It's an amazing time to connect with God, grow in your faith and connect with other believers. Don't miss this class. Then you can make sure and attend the 11 o'clock service right when that class is done. Another amazing class that we have coming up on August 19th is a class called Signs. It's taught by Pastor Tim and it answers so many questions that we have about what it's gonna look like when Jesus comes back. So make sure you sign up, get your book, and don't miss this course taught by Pastor Tim. I'm so glad you're joining us this morning. I hope and pray that you tuck into God, that you feel His presence, and you know He is with you today. Enjoy today's message.
Well, good morning, Fellowship Church. Guys, I'm so glad to see your lovely faces. I wanna welcome all of you that are watching with us online right now and thank you for joining with us today, um, especially if this is your first experience watching with us. If someone shared this uh, in, in your experience for the first time, we want you to know that we're just so thankful uh, that you're uh, watching with us today. And I wanna encourage you right now, if you are watching from home, uh, join in to the conversation. Um, uh, just like you were, if you were sitting here in church and you'd say amen or preach it or bring it or uh, what, what, or whatever you'd say, put that that, uh, there, put your favorite emoji up as long as it's appropriate, of course. But uh, uh, put your favorite emoji up um, to just let us know that you're there and, and join in with us today. We're excited about today because uh, I was in a series that we had entitled When Your Heart comes under attack. And we finished this series, and last week it was incredible to have my father uh, come back and speak. I'm so thankful that for his health and uh, him recovering. We're praising God for that. But um, I really felt like God um, kind of reminded me of a teaching, something that's going on in my own heart, something we've taught here before uh, that I wanted to bring back. So we're kind of going back into this series. So this is the bonus round, if you will. Are you ready for a bonus round today on this series? When your heart comes under attack. Because I want to speak to you about habits of a healthy heart. Habits of a healthy heart. Because don't you know that lasting change begins in the heart. Somebody talk to me please. Don't you know that lasting change begins in the heart? It doesn't begin with your behavior. It, it begins in the heart. It, it, it begins with a change on the inside. See, it's not good enough to just dress things up on the outside. If you want there to be change that lasts, that it, it, it's gotta begin on the inside. It's gotta begin on the heart. See, I, you don't sign up for a year-long gym membership just to be eating chicken wings by next Friday, right? It's not the external things that you do that, that make the lasting change that happen in your life. It's what happens to change your heart, and there are different habits that we can have that, that affect our heart in a way where we can have a healthy heart. So today I wanna take a look at a scripture where the psalmist writes in Psalms chapter 119, and he's talking, it's a very interesting uh, book, uh, book of the Bible, and it's a very interesting chapter. Psalms 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible, and we're gonna jump all the way down to a, a verse 112. There's not, I don't believe there's many places you can say that, uh, because we're, it's such a long chapter in the Bible. But we're gonna jump down to, to 112, and we're just gonna look at three verses today, because I believe the psalmist shows us something about how we can have habits of a healthy heart, how we can make changes in our heart that, that create lasting change and lasting growth and lasting happiness um, in, in our lives today. And that's what I wanna go ahead and dive right into. But before we do that, um, it, it, there's no use of me just standing up here talking. That's not gonna help anyone. What we need is to hear from God. So would you join with me right now and let's invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us, that we would see Jesus today, that uh, he would reveal his word to us today. So uh, let's do that. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now for your presence. I thank you that you're meeting with us in this room now. You're meeting with us at our 
our homes as we watch your meeting with us, even at a later date, as someone's watching on their cell phone or are listening online. God, we just we, we thank you for the fact that uh, when your word goes forward, it doesn't return to you void, that it always makes change, that it, it always affects us. And God, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would affect us. Please speak to us, please speak through me, and I pray, I come right now in Jesus' name, and I bind up any spirit of distraction, any spirit of discouragement, and I, and I, and I cast it out of this place in Jesus' name, and I pray that, God, we would hear your truth for our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. amen. So Psalms 119, verse 112, the, the psalmist writes, I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever." to the end, forever to the end. See, I want this to last. I want, I, I want to, to live my life God's way in a, in a heavy direction type of way and I want it to last, not just a short change where like I get on a little bit of a plan and then get away from it. Not the gym membership that you, you signed up for and you pay for for five years and you've gone to the gym twice. I'm not, like I, I, I wanna make a change that lasts. He's saying forever to the end, the psalmist says, I incline my heart. He said, I incline my heart. So this change that happens forever to the end, it happens from within. Someone say from within. Your change happens within. It, it, it happens on the heart level. And he says, I, I incline my heart. See, it's not just a behavior that needs to change. It's my belief that drives the behavior that has to change or it's not going to stay. Because you can believe things and then you can get away from them. You, you, can, you, you can behave a certain way and then you can get away from it. You can convince yourself to act right for a little bit and then it won't stay if you don't let your heart change. So the psalmist uses some very interesting language here. She says, he says, I incline my heart. Incline, what an interesting word. I incline my heart because if you incline something, that means that it's, it's not there in its natural position. It has to be changed. It means I had to act upon it. I had to orient it into a different direction. When the psalmist writes, I incline my heart, that must have meant that his heart must have been declined. So he's saying, I have to take action upon my heart. I have to take action upon my thoughts because right now I'm in a decline position. My heart is not inclined to things above. It's not inclined to the way that God wants me to live life. It's not inclined to his statue. And a lot of us, our default mode is to be going through life in the decline position. Unfortunately for a lot of us, we go through life in the recline position. And in the recline position, it's, it's just, however I wake up in the morning, that's just how I'm going to be. And if I wake up and I feel sad today, then, then, then I guess I'm just going to be sad today. And if I wake up and I feel depressed, then I, I just feel depressed today. And if I wake up and I'm angry, I'm going to be angry today. If I'm moody, I'm going to be moody today. I'm just going through life in the recline position. But what the psalmist is saying is he's saying, I'm having to take action to set my heart not to its default mode. Because its default mode is something that I don't want. And for many of us, we have different default modes. For some of you, your default mode might be depression. 
It might be despair, it might be anxiety, it might be anger or frustration, and we go through life into the default mode, so he says, I incline my heart. One translation says, I set my heart, so I I have to set my heart on things above. And the interesting thing about setting your heart is that it's not a one-time thing. I don't know if you guys remember the infomercial from back in the 90s about the rotisserie oven where the, the, the guy that was hosting the infomercial, he had this like catchphrase for the rotisserie oven because he's saying how easy it is. He says, with this rotisserie oven, all you have to do is set it and forget it. You still remember. It's been 25 years and you still remember. Set it and forget it. I wish, guys, let me be honest. I wish that's the way my heart was. I wish I could just set it and forget it. I wish I could just go to church on Sunday and get my little fill and be like, okay, I got to worship God and be good with God, so I'm good and I can forget about it now. Everything's gonna be fine. But uh, I, I wish I could, just when I was younger, I wish I could just go to summer camp that one time and I set my heart towards God and then everything was good. Or in my relationships, it's like we decide we're gonna set our hearts towards, towards living a life that is gonna be following after God or, or at work, we set our lives, and we do it one time, and we could just set it and forget it. Man, I would love that, but what happens, it's like we all have a broken recliner. It's like because we get in our set position, and everything's fine, and like, I'm doing good. Like, like today, I, I got up, I, re- I read my Psalms, I read some scripture, I got, in, I got into the Bible, and I started reading about how Jesus wants us to love people and care about people. So I'm setting my heart on his statutes. I'm setting my heart on, on heavenly things, and then all of a sudden, you run into that one coworker, and it's like you realize your recliner's broken, and you're like going back into your default of like, now it's like, it's like I, I was good a few minutes ago, and now I'm ticked off. She won't shut up. Everything that comes out of his mouth is negative. And it's like, now I'm back into a place where I'm having to go, wait a minute, I've got to reset again. How many of you feel like you have to reset throughout the day? So it's not just me. Guys, I work at a church. I work around Christian people. I work around godly people. I work around people who's like supposed to be positive and happy and joyful. And man, there are so many days. It's like, sorry to throw my staff under the bus right now, but there are so many days. It's like, we, I pull a meeting together. I'm like, guys, let's get together. Let's talk about how God, good, good God is. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's go. Let's go. And after the meeting's over, I'm like in the decline going, Dear God, help me. What is wrong with these people? But I'm not just picking on the staff because I guarantee you they leave my office feeling the same way. Why? Because when you set it and forget it, your heart goes back to the default mode. I think every one of us know what that default mode is. It's different for each of us. It could be anger, it could be fear could be jealousy, could be pride, right? For some of us, our default mode is like we, we put up this shield of pride and, it, 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 and we're covering up insecurity. We're covering up all sorts of different issues that are going on in our heart. So, so we go back to this decline mode and the psalmist is saying, okay, 
It doesn't work for my heart to go back to its default because when I go back to default, I find myself in a place where I don't like my life. I don't like the people I'm around. I, 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 I get out of bed and I'm not happy. I, I, I try hard to be happy throughout the day and I go to bed and my mind's racing. I don't like it, so what I have to do is I have to set my heart. And don't you know that you're in control of your heart? That was a real question. Don't you know that you're in control of your heart? Quit telling people they broke my heart. They can't break your heart if you didn't give it to them. You're in control of your heart. They say, you're giving me a heart attack here. You're giving me an anxiety attack. Why are you giving people the power over your own heart? That's why the, the, the writer of Proverbs, we've been talking about this, says, above all else, guard your heart, for out of it, everything you do flows from it. Like, you gotta guard your heart. You have got to protect your heart. Man, my, my doctor started fussing at me. He got serious with me after my father's heart attack. Now, let me say that again. It wasn't my heart attack. But over six years ago, my father had a heart attack. I met with my doctor, and he goes, Dan, we need to check your cholesterol, and we need to look at your LDL and your HDL and your LQP and your triglycerides and all this mumbo-jumbo. And I mean, he could tell he wasn't getting through it to me. So he's like, hey, Dan. I'm like, yeah, doc. He goes, I don't want you to be one of those good guys that looks really good on the outside. And I really appreciated that he said that. So like, I'm thinking, yeah, like, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I hear what you're saying, Doc. What you got next? So like, keep bringing it, keep bringing it. And then he goes, and then you're outside running one day, and you just fall over dead. Now, I had to correct him because I said, like, listen, Doc, I know you got some degrees and stuff, and you know a lot more about all this than I do, but, but, but uh, understand this. I don't run. <laughs> so if I fall over dead, it's not going to be on cardio day, okay? It's like, like you, you got you to understand. But he's saying, listen, you can, you can look good on the outside, but if your heart is, 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 is sick on the inside, it's like, what good is it? Right, because you can look really good. You can have the smile on your face, and that's what a lot of us do. We put the smile on our face. On the inside, there's a voice screaming for help, of screaming for desperation, going, I need a change. I need a fix. And you're like, oh, I'm doing good today. It's a beautiful day. You're like, God, help me on the inside. And you can be sick on the inside. See, your, your marriage could look great, great on the outside and be Instagram worthy. And on the inside, you're like, I need help. There's, there's something going on that needs to be addressed here. Your, your business can look great. Your bank accounts could be great and you can still fall over dead. And my doctor was trying to get my attention. He's like, listen, this starts in the heart. You got to recognize that there are certain things that you have to do that change your heart because it affects your whole life. Now I'm talking on a physical level, but now let's bring this to the spiritual level because that's what the psalmist is talking about. He's saying, I, in, I incline my heart towards your statue. There are things I need to do to change my life and it all begins with changing my heart. And see, changing your heart doesn't begin with just changing your heart. It, it begins with changing the habits of your heart. 
And I want to give you three habits of the heart today. And I believe that this will be helpful for every one of us. Because every one of us go through different seasons and different times where you feel like you, you want to be healthy. You want to be happy. But if these three habits aren't there, when you go through difficult times, you can start to feel affected on the, the deepest parts of who you are. And it's found in these three verses. In 112, 113, and 114. So it, this is what the psalmist says. I, I incline. Or I set my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. He says, I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Here's the, the three habits to a healthy heart. They're found right here in the scripture. Number one, you have to know what to hate. You have to know what to hate. Whoa, we're, we're in church. We're talking about God, we're supposed to be talking about love. We're supposed to be talking about happy. We're supposed to be talking about good things. But, but right here in scripture, we see that, that the psalmist is saying he, he understands that there are certain things you should hate. The Bible says, I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. See, I don't think we should move on until we talk about this because he's saying, I hate the double-minded. He's not saying he hates a person. He's not talking about hating people, understand that? He, he, he's talking about the condition of hating double-mindedness, hey, hating the fact that, that, that he has a condition in his heart where, where he has a love-hate with certain things, where, where he loves God's law, but at the same time, he loves the ways of the world. He wants to do things God's way, but at the same time, he wants to do the things the way his flesh wants. He wants to love God, but he wants to sin. He hates the double-minded. A man, is there anyone in here honest enough to say I've been in that boat or I'm in that boat or man isn't that what life is called is that boat if I want to do things God's way but I want to sin too I want to do things God's way but but, but I, I hate things and, and and don't you understand that hate is the most powerful motivation to change not love did you hear me Hate is the most powerful motivation to change, not love. So for many of us, if we wanna see change happen in our hearts, change happen in our lives, you need to make a decision of some things that you need to start hating, some things that you need to hate. And it's complicated because we can have a love-hate relationship with things. Like It's complicated because like, like, like sometimes in my, in my life, I feel like David with his son Absalom, uh, where I, I feel crazy at times because like David's son Absalom was trying to overthrow the kingdom and David had to go to war against his own son. His son hated him. His son was trying to kill him and take him out. And in a battle, Absalom died and David wept and he was mourning over this. And, 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 his, and Joab came to David. Uh, David's friend Joab came to him and said, listen, you're all messed up because you hate those who love you and you love those who hate you. It's complicated. Like this was his son. He should have loved his son. This is what, he's had good times, good memories with his son, but, but like he, he had something that he, he loved, but at the same time was bad for him. He, he loved having his son, but the son was ultimately trying to kill him. Do you have anything in your life that, that you love what it does for you, but you hate what it does to you? A love-hate relationship. Because man, I can tell you, I, 
I hate carbohydrates. Well, the truth is I love carbohydrates. I love, like, man, there is nothing, nothing like a bowl of ice cream in the middle of the night when, like, everyone else is in bed and they're, like, calming down and everyone's calm and Amelie just had her protein drink and she finished her ab workout and, like, and I sit down on the couch with my bowl of ice cream. Like, I love that feeling because I can tell you it's, like, there, there's been times that, that, that carbohydrates have been there for me when no one else was there for me at all, when no one else was around in the middle of the night, in the darkness of the night, carbohydrates were there for me. I love them. But I hate what they do to my waist. Right? I hate how, how they steal from me. I hate, I hate what it's done to, to my life. It's like, I, I love it, but I hate it. I, I hate anger. Well, let's be honest, I love anger. Because I've realized, I mean, many of you, come on guys, let's be honest. We know if you get angry enough, you can get people to do what you want. The problem is after you, you get angry enough and they do what you want, uh, then they're not there anymore. And you find yourself all alone and you go, wow. So I hate anger. I hate anger. You know, one, one of the things that's complicated for me is I love to complain. It's like, I, I know I'm going to watch this later and be like, damn, why did you say that? Like, like you're supposed, but I, let's be honest. We all love to complain. It's like, it's like that scoop of ice cream on your tongue. It tastes so great just coming out of your mouth. And like every once in a while to just complain, to just spill your opinions and stuff like that. It feels good, man. It does. If you haven't done it, just try it, okay? The next time someone comes up to you, and they're like, they're like, hey, how are you doing today? Take the next five minutes and tell them exactly how you're doing. Take the next five minutes and tell them all of your political views. Tell them about every ache and every pain. Tell them where you stand on whether or not people should wear a mask right now and what you think about people if they are wearing masks or if they're not wearing masks. Tell them everything, it's gonna feel amazing. But you know what's gonna happen is the next time they see you coming, they're gonna turn the other way and run, right? It's a love-hate relationship, but see, it can be flipped around the other way too because there's also things that are good for me that I hate. It's like, man, I hate burpees. I hate them. You hear my wife laughing over there because it's like her favorite exercise. So every time we work out together, what do we have to do? We have to do burpees. We gotta do more burpees. And you, you realize there's a lot of places that punish kids by making them do burpees when they do bad things. And my wife's like, what are we gonna do today? I was thinking burpees. Let's do burpees, it's gonna be awesome. It's like, I hate burpees, but I love what it does to me, right? In the moment, I don't like it. It's weird, it's complicated. You gotta learn what to hate. And it's like, I was one of those people. You could go back, you don't have to go back very far. If you just go back in our archives a couple years, click back a couple years, you will hear me up here talking about how much I hate to exercise. You wanna know why? Because I hadn't made it a habit yet. I hadn't learned to love it yet. And, and I finally got to a place where I learned to love it. Why? Not because I love exercise, but why? Because I hated looking five months pregnant. 
Can we put the picture up, please? That's two years. I am, please understand, I'm not putting this picture up to, to pat myself on the back and say, whoa, congratulate me. I'm putting this picture up because what happened to me is I got to a place in my life where I hated the fact that I, 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 I couldn't sleep right. I hated that my blood pressure was high. I hated that I was tired all the time. I hated that I couldn't play with my kids right. I, 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 like, I hated so much of the fact that I was spending all of my money buying bigger and bigger and bigger clothes when I couldn't could be spending it on fun stuff. And it's like, finally, like, I hate this. I've got to make a change. And you have got to make change by learning what to hate. You can take the picture away. It's embarrassing. Knock it off already. <laughs> but, but that's what the psalmist is saying. I hate the double-minded. I hate, I hate a life where I go through life just following after my flesh. But then at the same time, it's like, I, I, I love his laws. So you have to learn what to hate before you can learn how to love properly and do you know that there's a right way to hate I hate social injustice I hate poverty I I hate that people get caught so much in religion that they miss out on the very fact that God actually wants relationship instead of religion I hate the fact that that people won't go to church because their grandpa's grandpa's grandpa got his feelings hurt at church when he wasn't chosen as a deacon years ago. So they're like, the church hurt me. The church of hundreds of millions of people hurt you because your great-grandfather was declined from a position in a volunteer capacity that he wanted someone. No, 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 no. I hate it when the enemy will deceive us into the point to where he will pull us out of the body. There are certain things that we should learn to hate. And hate becomes the greatest motivation to change. So if you want a healthy heart, you've got to stop going through life, just skipping through life. Everything's perfect, everything's beautiful, it's fine, rainbows and Tweety Birds. No, there's certain things that if you want a healthy heart, you've got to be like, I hate that. I hate that there's social injustice. I hate that there are so many lies in this area and so many lies in that area. I hate the fact that people are being pulled away from God because of all of the deceptions that's taking place. And when you get to that sort of spot, you can start to drain the ugly out of your heart. That was the first thing that he said here. He goes, I set my thing, mind on things above. I incline my heart towards your statutes so I, I know what to hate. The second habit is he knew where to hide. He said, I know where to hide. He says, you are my hiding place in my shield. Do you know where to hide? It's a good question to ask yourself because most people don't ever look for a hiding place until they need one. You, you, you won't look for a way to escape the pain that you're going through until you're going through pain. And what happens then is you escape to the wrong places. So if Jesus said in this world you will have trouble, we have to understand there's gonna be attacks that come. There are gonna be attacks against your heart, attacks against your family, attacks against your mind, attacks against your health, attacks against your business. So these things are gonna happen. Jesus is like, in this world you'll have trouble. So understand, you're gonna to need to recognize when it comes, you gotta have a hiding place. Do you have a hiding place? Do you have that hiding place to, to be able to go and hide 
in your relationship with him. Because if not, we sometimes go to things and we try to hide in things that, that end up ultimately trapping us. The very thing we are running from to try to, try to hide, we, we, we end up running to and we find ourselves more trapped. You realize when Elijah, after he killed the prophets of Baal, was threatened by Jezebel, he ran to a cave. Okay, he ran to a cave and hid in a cave. Why? He felt safe because he felt surrounded. He felt blocked. He felt, he felt covered. He felt like there's walls around him. He felt, now there's, there's all this stone around me. I have this fortress around me. And now all of a sudden, he's in this prison. He's trapped. You can hide in things that can be worse than what you're hiding from. You can run to alcohol and you can run to drugs and you can run to pornography and you can run to food and you can run to a, a fake smile on your face and you can run to egotism and you can run to all sorts of things that like once you actually get stuck in it, you realize what you are running from is a lot better than where you've ended up at. And that's why the voices of God came to Elijah in the cave and said, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Did I not rescue you on Mount Carmel? Did I not rescue you from the hand of Jezebel? Did I not give you victory over all the prophets of Baal? Did I, have I not showed up for you every time? Why are you hiding here? Why aren't you hiding in me? Because when we recognize that our hiding place can be in God, then you can be in plain sight and still be hidden. Because God tells us that he is our fortress in the time of trouble. Wait a minute. Did he say fortress from trouble? No. He said he'll be our fortress in trouble. What does that mean? You're going to go through trouble. What does that mean? He'll be with you in it. It's my, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Is I will not leave you nor forsake you. That's Joshua 1, 4. Like, he, he tells us in Joshua 1, 9, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will go with you wherever you go. He's saying, wherever you go, you're gonna have trouble, but don't worry, because I'm right there with you to be your protection, to be your hiding place. Now your boss is mad at you. Now your spouse is mad at you. Now all these issues are taking place, but I got you covered. Do you have that hiding place? Let's make this practical. Let's make it super practical, okay? What does that look like? You might need to memorize some of God's word. He's talking about hiding in the word of God. Memorize some scriptures, just like someone I told you there, just like God will never leave you, he will never forsake you. He's made you more than a conqueror. No, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Memorize some scriptures so that you have something to hide in. And then memorize some songs and start singing some songs. Because you can make it practical. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. And, and, and I'm telling you, it's an old song, but it's a goodie because it'll still run the devil off in the middle of the night when you're feeling like you're, you're being attacked with anxiety, when you're being attacked with the worries about tomorrow. It's like, and, I, and I'll worship you and I will honor you, do you have a place to hide? A habit of a healthy heart is you first need to know what to hate. You need to know where to hide. And then the lastly, you need to know how to hope. He said, the psalmist said, I, I know how to hope. You gotta have hope. A lot of us struggle because we feel like we're dealing with hopelessness. And I think hopelessness comes with a little bit from a misunderstanding of the goodness of God and a little bit from misunderstanding what the word is itself. Because 
if, if we look at the, here, we see in verse 14, it says, you are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Now, I was not that smart in school, but I did at least pick this much up, okay? Recognize, he, do, he doesn't say, I have hope, because if he said, I have hope, then the word hope would be a noun. It would be an attainable thing. It would be, a, it would be something that you could behold. You could, like, this is something that I want. But no, it's not a noun. He says, I hope, therefore the word hope is a verb. It's an action. I, it, it, it takes action. What are you putting your hand to? See, faith without works is dead. Hope in the word of God takes action. And let me ask you, are you putting your hand to the things that you're hoping for? Because hoping is not sitting around and humming with your fingers crossed and wishing that things are going to get better. Hope is saying, I believe that God can change my marriage, therefore I will take action to changing my marriage. Hope is saying, I believe God will get me out of this addiction, therefore I will take action to get out of this. Hope is saying, I, I, I want to have a peaceful life, so I'm going to do things God's way. Hope is saying, I want relationships so I'm going to sign up into a small group. Like, I wonder, what is it that you need hope in? Where is the area where you've gone, I just give up? No more. Let me ask you, have you put your hands to that thing you've been hoping for, or have you just been wishing? Have you been basing your relationship with God off of mysticism and the mystically going, oh, I guess maybe poof, it'll happen. Or have you gone, wait a minute, he says if I live my life his, by his standards, he will do certain things for me, so I'm going to put action to it. That is hoping. So maybe today you're hoping for health, then maybe it, you got to put action to it and go sign up for a gym and actually go to the gym. Or, or maybe you're, you're, you're hoping for friends and you got to sign up for a small group. Or, or maybe you're hoping for a job, you got to go put some resume out there. It's like, what do you need to put your hope in? I wonder, is there anyone in this room, anyone listening online that would say that you're struggling with hope? You've struggled somewhere in your life with hope. If that's you, let's just be honest. Put your hand up and just be honest. In fact, I want to invite every person in this room to stand to your feet with me because I can tell you this. Information is just information, but when we bring it before our Savior, when we bring it before our God, our Creator, He can take what He plants in our lives and He can deliver us from those things that we've been trapped in, those things we've been stuck in. So we're about to sing a declaration over our own lives. If we want to have a healthy heart, right? Then, then we need to know what to hate. We, need to, we know, need to know where to hide. And then lastly, we need to know how to hope. And our hope above all else needs to be in Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ alone. So we're, we're not going to just think, I hope in Jesus. We're going to sing it out. We're going to put action to it and declare right now that our hope is in Jesus Christ. Let's do this together as a church today. We said our hope on you we set our hope on your love we set our hope on the one who is the everlasting god you are the everlasting god you are the everlasting we set our hope on you we set our hope on your love we set 
God, that's our confidence is that we will see your goodness in our life. And the reason why is because of what we just declared is that our hope is in you. Our, our hope is in the name of Jesus who died on the cross for our sins and rose again. Our hope is in the fact that, God, you love us so much you sent your own son for us. Our hope is in the fact that you then sent the Holy Spirit to guide us and help us and comfort us and give us fruit in order to be able to make it. So, God, as we move forward in life, we pray that you would help us today, those of us with sick hearts, those of us that need healthy habits in our hearts. God, help us to love the things that you love and to hate the things that you hate. God, I pray that you would help us to always hide in you, to not go to the world and hide in the world, but we would go to you and hide in you. And then, God, I pray that you would awaken our hope, that we wouldn't wish, but we would put action as a verb to hope, to, to move forward, to take the steps of faith forward to do what you've asked us to do. And as we put our hope in you, God, we pray that you would heal us, that you change us, that you grow us, and that you bless us. And it's your precious and holy and perfect son, Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Let's give him another shout of praise today. Church family, I love you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for joining with us online. Uh, we're gonna have uh, live hosting right as this service ends right now for all of you watching online. If you have any questions, prayer requests, please stay uh, connected so we can continue to talk with you. We love you. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I wanna give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click the first time link located in the description below the video. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 and 11 a.m.